Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Hello, and greetings to you from Cardiff on behalf of all of us. Jenny, Grace, Bethia and I have really enjoyed over recent Sundays being able to share in worship with you and we have been really blessed in that time. And today we feel really privileged to be able to share in leading parts of the service as it helps us still feel very much part of the NCBC family. Today I'm going to be looking with you at the next part in your series, Forward in Your Faith. And we are going to be focusing on the spiritual discipline of meditation. As we approach this, I want to start from the perspective of looking at what it means to have the desire to go forward in your faith. Throughout this time, we're going to ask three questions. They are this, firstly, how much do you want to move forward in your faith? Secondly, how much do you want to listen to God? And thirdly, how much do you want to let your thinking be changed? Well, as we get ready to think about this, I'm going to head back off home and we will look at the first of those questions. How much do you want to move forward in your faith. Some of you will recognize the picture on the screen of the famous American swimmer Michael Phelps. I've done a little bit of research about Michael Phelps and he is the most successful Olympian of all time, winning 23 gold medals and a total of 28 medals overall at Olympics. What was interesting though is I found that when he first started to swim, would you believe this? He was afraid of having his head go under the water. So he learned the backstroke first of all. He was determined to conquer his fear, and so then he began to learn breaststroke. Uh, and then little by little, he grew in his ability to swim. He had great determination. His coach tells us that he didn't miss one day of training between the ages of 11 and 16, including birthdays, holidays, Christmas day, whatever the day he trained. Michael said this about his discipline. I found something I loved and I never gave up. I found something I loved and I never gave up. You, you see, the discipline that he had of going swimming day after day after day 
training like this didn't start with a discipline it started with a motivation i love swimming and it strikes me if we are going to be serious about moving forward in our faith it doesn't start with the disciplines that we need of which meditation is one of them it starts with the desire of our hearts how much do you want to grow in your faith you see i think we can hear a title for this series of forward in your faith and we agree with it intellectually we know it's what we should do i should want to grow in my faith the problem is knowing what we should do can so easily be overridden by what we want take for example the person who looks at themselves in the mirror and thinks maybe i am carrying a few more pounds than i want to i should go on a diet or, or take the person who knows that they're not as fit as they would like to be i know i should do some exercise the problem is with should it doesn't always lead to action I've lost count of the conversations I've had with people who will say in conversation with me about their faith I know I should go to church more I should read my Bible I should pray I should go to church meetings I should become more involved in church life I should serve God and I've lost count of the number of times that should has not led to action you see if we are going to engage in spiritual disciplines if we're going to engage in meditation as we think more about that today it doesn't doesn't start with the word should it needs to start with our motivation of why we want to michael phelps said i found something i loved and i believe that if we are seriously going to move forward in our faith it starts not with this idea i know i should grow in my faith i know i should move forward it starts with the want it starts out of relationship of coming to know the god who loves us completely and when we understand something of what it means to love him back i have found someone i love and i will never give up on them then we have a new motivation for moving forward in our faith the reality is i think that at times each of us can know it's what we should do but we lose the desire of our hearts to want to and so i start by asking this question of each of us this morning how much do we want to move forward in our faith not how much do we think we should how much do we want we're going to pause for a few moments to reflect on this question and to come before god to bring to him where we are at this is where i'm at god how much do i really want to move forward in my faith
And so we come to our second question. How much do I want to listen to God? John Ortberg in his book, The Me I Want to Be, Becoming God's Best Version of You, tells a story about a friend of his called Danny. Danny loved to explore caves. Uh, and one day he was asked by his guide if he wanted to go into a spectacular chamber. Danny said, yes, I do. Uh, and so they set off through a passageway. The passageway became narrower and Danny started to have to stoop. A little while later, he had to go on his hands and knees. And finally, as it really narrowed, he had to go on his back and lying down, he had to inch himself along until the point where he could feel the cave all on his different sides of his body. I don't know how you would feel about that, but I certainly wouldn't like it. Uh, and Danny didn't, and he started to panic. He started to have pictures and thoughts about being trapped in that passageway and his body decaying uh, and him eventually dying a painful death. He told his guide what he was thinking. And the words that his guide said back to him are fascinating. This is what he said. He said, Danny, close your eyes and listen to my voice. I will keep talking and guide you through this. We will be okay. I have been here before and I will get you to the other side. But you must listen to my voice. It will not work for you to let your thoughts run wild. Just focus on my voice. Danny responded and he was able to see a spectacular sight. He had to listen carefully and he had to focus on the voice of his guide. As we come today thinking about Christian meditation, we need to understand something right at the start. Our thoughts can run wild. They can take us in very different directions to that of looking to God. We must learn to control our thinking and focus on the voice of the one who speaks. Christian meditation has right at its heart this idea that God speaks today. Therefore, we should listen, and therefore we must make time to listen as well. Some people question whether Christians should use the word meditation, let alone engage in the act of meditation. And it springs particularly from Eastern religions where meditation is a very central part. But I'm very comfortable using the word meditation, and there's a simple reason for this. It's used in the Bible. The reading we heard today from Psalm 1 had these words, blessed is the man, happy is the one. And it goes on in verse 2 to say, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, prospers. And as we hear those words, he delights in the laws of the Lord, 
and on his law he meditates day and night. We learn an important distinction between Christian meditation and Eastern meditation. Eastern meditation has at its heart the idea that what we are doing is we are emptying ourselves to try and transcend beyond who we physically are. Within this we can find a strength that is within ourselves. Christian meditation is very different. Yes, we may seek to empty ourselves of some things. We, we seek to empty ourselves of our individualism, feelings we might have of selfishness, pride, anger, frustration, desires. But what we're then looking to do is to replace it with thinking about who God is and delighting in his law delighting in his words. I'll say a little bit more about that later. But when we ask ourselves the question, how much do I want to listen to God? We're really asking ourselves, how much responsibility are we willing to take? You see, one of the things that happens is that we try and push the responsibility of listening to God away from ourselves and towards other people. We read of it in the Bible. On the day when the Lord gave Moses the Ten Commandments, we hear these words. When the people saw the thunder and lightning, and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They spoke at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Then in verse 21, it says, the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. They chose to stay at a distance. The temple that would be built would have the Holy of Holies within it, that place where God's presence was most, most powerfully manifest. And only one person, the high priest, was allowed to go in there, and then only once a year to mediate between the people and God. In the book of Judges, we read of the people being free to understand what God was saying, but they ran wild. They did not control themselves and eventually they wanted a king, a king who would lead them and rule over them. They wanted priests who would be listening to God. They didn't want to take responsibility for working out and living out God's ways. And we might today think, well, that's not us, is it? Surely. But I wonder if sometimes we can be guilty of not taking responsibility for our own growth, for our own listening to God. How does that happen? Well, we enjoy listening to sermons and what other people are saying about God. We might enjoy reading Christian books and discovering what others have heard about God. And don't get me wrong, these things are really good. However, 
we then need to engage in meditation, the act of seeking what God is saying to us. Lord, how do I apply what I have heard into my life at this time? You see, meditation is about taking us beyond Sunday, beyond those moments where we set aside ourselves to listen to God in terms of what other people are saying and the input that we get. It takes us beyond that to say, God, what are you saying to me? It requires us to take responsibility. We can enjoy engaging in prayers of intercession. And again, let me say, this is important and a vital part of our faith. But the mature Christian, as we grow in our faith, goes one step further. As we intercede for particular situations and for particular people, we ask the question, Lord, what are you saying? Is there some new understanding you want me to have? Is there some way you want me to play a part in the answer? Speak to me. Let me hear what you are saying. And this is much more challenging. And this is why I asked the question, how much do we want to listen to God? Are we willing to make that effort to go to the trouble of listening to what he is saying? We're going to take a few moments again to pause and reflect on this. And so we come to our third question. How much do I want to let my thinking be changed? I like the story I read of a five-year-old boy who went to his mother with a request that she buy him a Lamborghini. As he wasn't asking for a toy version, not surprisingly, she refused his request and he was very unhappy about this. So unhappy, he hatched a plan. He would take the family car and drive to his sister's house with his life savings, about three dollars. And when there, he would try and persuade her to take him to a car dealership so he could buy a Lamborghini. Not surprisingly, he hadn't got very far before he was pulled over by police concerned at the erratic driving they were seeing. The boy's parents were called to the scene where we are told they took custody of the car and 
of the boy. I imagine they would want to challenge something of the way that he was thinking. Sometimes all of us need to be challenged in the way that we are thinking. Our thought patterns can lead us into unhealthy and unhelpful situations. Our thought patterns can indulge in selfishness, in pride, in anger, in frustration, in bitterness, in disappointment, in lust, and so on and so on. These thoughts can be most unhelpful in our journey and sometimes we need to challenge our thinking. And we're encouraged to do that by delighting in the law of the Lord. Those of us who have been in Christian circles for a while might think, really? Delight in the law of the Lord? The law is contained in the early books of the Bible and those of us who have read Deuteronomy and Leviticus know how heavy going that can be and how challenging it can be for us to understand. Am I supposed to delight in the law of the Lord in that way? And yet some of our Bible versions very helpfully direct us to a footnote where they say the word law can be translated as instructions. Delight in the instruction of the Lord. And this widens us away from simply the rules that we should follow to understand something about the way in which God wants us to live. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it in all its fullness. He came to reveal ways to live that enable us to make the most of life. There may be those of us who have thought at times that following God and his ways limit our lives. And we need to be challenged in our thinking to understand that when God tells us to do something, when he wants us to live in a particular way, it's not to restrict us, it's to free us to enjoy the fullness of life, which he longs for us to have. Are we looking for that fullness of life by delighting in the instructions of the Lord, discovering the ways in which he wants us to live. Uh, there's another challenge in what is said because we are encouraged to delight in the law of the Lord and to meditate on it day and night. That sounds impossible. How can we possibly spend all day and all night reading the scriptures, praying to God, seeking his voice? Is that possible? Well, I think there is something very helpful here, which has certainly had a profound effect on me. And I know it's something I shared with people at NCBC before, but I share it again today. The word for meditate in Hebrew is one of those words that sounds like what it is actually describing. So in English, we have words like that. Uh, when we talk about a dog barking, we might call it a woof. Uh, and it's a woof because it sounds like the noise the dog makes. When we speak of a cough, it sounds a little bit like the sound of us coughing. Uh, and this word meditate sounds like the word for murmur. 
for mumble, that undercurrent of noise. You, you see, when people used to read the scriptures, they didn't read them silently in their head. They would read it quietly under their breath. So it's like if you were there with somebody who was meditating, who was reading the word of God, you would hear this background noise of murmur. And I think this is powerful to help us understand what it means to meditate on the law of the Lord, on the ways of the Lord, day and night. It's like everything that we understand about what God says and how we should live is murmuring at the back of our heads through our lives as we go about everything day by day. So when we are with our work colleagues and carrying out our work, or when we're with our family or friends, when we're with our neighbours, engaging in our hobbies, our pastimes, when we're doing any of these things, we have the murmur of God's presence with us. And we keep bringing that to the forefront of our minds. When we're working, we might ask ourselves the question, how do I honour God in the way that I am in work today? When we go shopping, we might have that background murmur that encourages us to ask the question, how am I honouring God with my money? When we feel angry or frustrated by something, we have that voice that is murmuring, how would God want me to react to this? You see, when we are being challenged in our thinking, it's about taking us into every part of our lives every day and having that background murmur of, God, what are you saying in this place, in this situation? What do you want me to be thinking? What do you want me to be saying? How do you want me to be acting? Many of us have mobile phones and we can set alarms for it and I wonder what would it be like if we set an alarm to go off every hour and on that hour when the alarm went off we stopped for a moment to reflect what is God saying to me at this moment about what I should be saying doing thinking how much am I willing to let my thinking be changed. Let's take a few moments to be still once more.
as we finish today, I want to leave you with one final picture. This picture is called the Tree of Life. It's famous in Bahrain as it grows in the desert, miles away from water and other plants. It's 25 meters in height, and because it's unusual, it attracts around 50,000 visitors each year. It's the only major tree growing in the area. Biologists believe that it has a very powerful root system that reaches to underground water and enables it to flourish even in the bleakest of conditions. We read what happens to the person who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. As we meditate, as we seek to listen to God, as we seek to move forward in faith, we can flourish, whatever the conditions in which we're living, however hard life may be, as we hear from the God who speaks today, and as we walk in step with him, the living, almighty, gracious, merciful, loving God. May God bless you richly as you walk with him, as you meditate on his word and seek his voice. May God bless you richly in the week ahead. Amen.